Hello and welcome to Bright Green Light. I'm your host, Tyler Swanson. To get started, I want to ask you a question. What are you wearing? No, this isn't some sexy conversation starter. It's actually a very relevant to the topic we will be discussing today, fast fashion and the linear, or now circular, economy. Now, you might be wondering, what is fast fashion and what is a linear and a circular economy? Well, let's break this down and talk about it. Fast fashion is the main model of some of your favorite clothing stores. Think Zara, Hollister, my favorite, Express. Stores like that. Every time you walk in, there's something new, and the store is always trying to get you to buy from their newest collection. While this may seem like a standard business practice, and it is, it is also killing our planet. I'll explain why in a minute, but first, it's important to understand what a linear economy is. Broadly, it is the economy that we live in today. To illustrate this clearly, picture the economy as a caterpillar. Raw materials come in the form of trees, minerals, and fossil fuels through the mouth. Inside the body, they are converted into things useful to the caterpillar, or in our case, to the economy. Um, think uh, electronics, furniture, clothing, and more. And finally, once we have gotten our use out of all these items, just as a caterpillar has gotten use out of all the things it ate, we toss them out the end, and it's waste. And largely it goes into landfills, it degrades, it pollutes our environment, or in some small circumstances it is recycled. As our world reckons with the challenge of climate change, growing populations, and declining resources, the linear economy model is proving to be less and less compatible with our needs, and it is not sustainable. Now back to the part about fast fashion killing our planet. As you know, fast fashion is a main tenant of our linear economy. It's very resource intensive with all these stores getting all these new clothes in and out all the time and we're always buying more. But also the resources are extreme. Producing a single garment of clothing takes about 45 bathtubs full of water and emits about 17 pounds of carbon dioxide. And that's not to mention the cotton, the polyester and the other materials that also go into this process. Now picture that times 100 billion and you can get an idea of the vast scope of resources needed to produce all of the clothing that we wear, that sits in our closets, and that sits in our stores. Now, to some extent, we may see this as necessary. Of course, we all need to wear clothes, but did you know the average garment is worn only seven times before being discarded, and that half of those discarded garments are thrown directly into the trash with no attempt at resale or reuse? Not only are we expending great volumes of resources to produce this clothing, but we are hardly even wearing it once we buy it. The point of this episode is not to guilt you into stop purchasing clothing, but to highlight a company tackling our fashion waste problem in a unique way and helping to build an economy that looks less like a straight line and more like a circle. If you want to hear more about this topic, visit thebipartisanpost.com or click the link in the podcast description to read the companion piece to this episode, which is going to talk more about fast fashion, linear, and circular economies. In today's episode, I'm very excited to interview Mona Fang, founder of the online platform Karma Trade and alumnus of the University of Illinois, in which I currently attend. Um, and Karma Trade is a service that allows you to swap your excess, unused clothing uh, for new items that you'll actually wear. And in doing so, provides you with its own form of alternative currency, which we will discuss more in the uh, interview as well. 
We will learn about how a high school entrepreneur's idea became a successful clothes swapping platform, helping to rescue over 30,000 pieces of clothing from the landfill, and also contributing to the development of our modern circular economic structure. Without further ado, please go ahead and listen to the interview. All right. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the show. And hello, Mona. Thank you for taking the time to have a conversation with me today. Hi, Tyler. I'm really happy to be here and talk more about the circular economy. Yeah, this is going to be really exciting. I think um, like your brand, Karma Trade, very fascinating. I am encouraging everybody listening to the show to go check it out because I just, you know, kind of got to see what it's like um, over the past couple of weeks and, you know, interact with it a bit. And it's really, really interesting. Um, but before we jump into the whole brand of Karma Trade, um, I want to talk more about you and what got you to even come up with this idea in the first place? Yeah, um, I think I was an entrepreneur from a really young age. I remember I was seven years old selling bookmarks out of my driveway. Um, <laughs> and then slowly always, always just thinking about different business ideas, but in the realm of sustainability as well. That was something I was really passionate about. Um, I lived four years in China and then I moved back to the States. So I moved to China when I was like seven years old and then ended up coming back to the States when I was 12. Um, so yeah. a lot of um, interesting different cultural shifts and then noticing how pollution, having clean air, uh, living with that was really important as like a way of life. So I always saw manufacturing as a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And um, in high school, I was sitting in a coffee shop with my friend and we were both complaining about how much we hated selling our clothes online. Um, at the time, we were trying to come up with an idea for a business plan competition, um, yeah. being very naive in what it actually takes to build a business. Um, but ended up saying, hey, what if we could all, you know, really meta level, if we could all just bring in the clothes that we didn't wear. And then we could put that into one common space. And then in that space, we could redistribute the clothes to people who actually wanted it. So matching supply and demand. Yeah. Um, on a really fundamental level. Um, I, we thought that could solve a lot of problems. So I ended up starting an experiment with that. It was an idea that I couldn't let go of because I saw that if we had a swap system, uh, we can solve a lot of the issues of produce then dispose instead of linear economies. Yeah, I think that's, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And um, this is something that I realized a lot myself when I was doing like my spring cleaning of, you know, going through, you know, my closet and trying to, you know, assess like I have to, you know, get rid of some of this extra stuff. You don't want to just throw it away. You know, you got all these like perfectly nice things that might just not fit anymore. Maybe you lose interest in them. I think it's a really good fundamental like part of establishing your, I guess, um, disassembling this linear economy that we have and trying to build something better with it. Yeah, I totally agree. We live in a day and age where there's data and the internet to be able to um, bridge the gaps between, hey, if a person doesn't want something, they should easily be able to find somebody who does want it. Or if someone wants something, someone who doesn't want an object should be able to you know, fulfill that. Yeah, exactly. So now you have your idea, you know what you wanna do. Um, What's your what's your next steps? Of course, you want to do something with rearranging or matching the supply and demand of clothes. But of course, it's more than a thrift store that you create. It's more than like a Goodwill or a sort of uh, Salvation Army. It's it's something new. So what kind of happens there? Yeah, we um, 
when I was in high school, I really experimented at the deep human behavioral level. Um, we started with e-commerce, actually. Yeah. We told people to ship us their old clothes and we would have like, like some stylists match them with the service, um, understanding that people didn't really want to pay for that. Um, so, yeah, it was always, you know, we were always really resource constrained because I was a I was a high school student slash college student, you know, sure. um, still going through that. So then. Um, yeah, and then by the time I graduated university, um, I had my heart still, you know, going into aerospace engineering. I wanted to um, become a rocket scientist and everything. It didn't really take my business that seriously, but it was an idea that I can let go of, and I was always working on it. So it was about 50-50. So it was about 50% carpentry, 50% uh, aerospace. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I ended up arriving in university, um, still doing both. Uh, so I got, I rented out a basement space in downtown Urbana um, and where we stored about 500 clothing items. And then we were able to um, start hosting clothing stop events. We would, you know, pull up to a business location um, that would allow us to set up for the day. And we would set up basically a retail space for the day. And then people would trade in their clothes that they didn't wear. Um, and they would be able to shop the other clothes that they wanted. And we could understand how people um, had you know, what people's relationships to material objects were. Um, we learned that a lot of people actually just wanted to get rid of stuff. Um, sure. And, you know, the whole shopping experience is also part of it, but they also want to get stuff. But the part of getting stuff is also a different time period than the other. So we hosted a bunch of clothing stop events and ended up saying, hey, we want to experiment this for longer term. Mm -hmm. So that's how we ended up opening the retail store um, about, this was like in the summer of my sophomore, after my sophomore year of college is that correct <laughs> no this is the summer after my freshman year so okay. we, opened, we rented out yeah so we were we entered into iVenture accelerator yeah and um we had a you know and then after that summer we rented out the um back of analog the wine bar um where we had a retail store and that's where it kind of started we didn't know at all what we were doing um we weren't really prepared to have a retail store we just like we just didn't know what to do next <laughs> yeah things it just kind of seems like you know you kept encountering these new things that maybe you didn't consider before and then you did what an entrepreneur does and you make the best out of it and you you know just kept building onto this which i think is very cool yeah um, yeah I, one thing you you kind of mentioned you get a lot of clothes people are just kind of wanting to go and get rid of stuff like, you know, just kind of purge and then they don't want to buy things at the same time. So, which of course makes sense, you know, you're wanting to get out first and maybe you'll come back later. Um, is that kind of what came up or is that kind of how you came up with your idea of upcycling, which I thought was very interesting that you feature on the Karma Trade website? Uh, yeah, upcycling is a huge trend. We found that a lot of people wanted um, to use our mediums, which is, you know, the articles of clothes that we get in um, as art and ways to um, create their own pieces. Um, we aggregate a lot of community of clothing items from the community. So um, any way that we can support our local artists to be able to create items out of it is something that we're, uh, that we always find really valuable in. Um, yeah. So these groups, they would just come up to you and be like, hey, we're really interested in, you know, kind of being artistic with these clothes, you have a lot of clothes. Can we just use some of them? Yes. So that's, that's completely so cool. how it works. Um, yeah. I think that's that's a fantastic way to, you know, kind of build this circular economy that's becoming 
more and more important. And what I think is also very interesting, in addition to the upcycling, um, I've checked out some of those brands and they're really cool. Um, you did, you kind of created your own currency in a sense with Karma, uh, which is something that I don't think too many people do. Usually when you see a platform similar to yours, it's like, you know, you deal in dollars and you kind of trade online and do these sorts of things, but you created your own currency. So what was the idea for that? Yeah, I believe economy at the fundamental level is the tool for human collaboration. Um, money has been flowing in our economy in ways that have made it very scarce for some people and very abundant for others. Um, now we look at material culture and we see that we have an abundant of items, but not everyone has an abundance of money. It's making it really difficult to trade items. Now you see people um, buying clothes and selling them online and they don't generally get the returns that allow them to buy another item. Um, really fundamentally on that level, that's why we created Karma so that people could have this equal buying power and just be able to swap clothes within a yes. circular economy. And of course they can buy clothes and sell them, right? That's always an option. But if you wanted to just swap it for something else, um, then we make it very easy. And the currency was a form for us to connect other businesses with our network. Sure. And why that works is that other businesses called outposts can adopt our currency, allowing for them to recirculate community goods, you know, tell their people, hey, bring me your stuff. I'll give you karma. Uh, and then you can shop the selection of items that other people brought in and we'll um, need you and then you know all you have to do is pay a swap fee so that we can operate as business um and as a user experience from the trader side that means they can drop and shop anywhere so i can theoretically drop my items in portland oregon and then shop in dallas the next week so i have this interoperable currency that allows me to um exchange for material goods in a way that i'm not limited by cash yeah i think that's you know, the essence of the circular economy, in a sense, is, you know, making this whole other form of doing business that doesn't have to involve normal dollars. Alternative currencies are such an important part of that. Um, and I like how you created, like, it's like store credit, but different and, and unique in its own way, which I think is extremely fascinating. Um, and then I also think, you know, for some people trying to understand this, it might be a little confusing at first. So, could you kind of take me through if I'm a new shopper and I'm coming in and I have these clothes I don't want, but I want to, you know, swap them for something else. Where do I start? What's my, what's my go-to process to get karma and get some new clothes and get rid of the clothes that I have? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you just go through your closet, look at things that spark joy or don't spark joy as Mary Kondo once said, and then take it into, uh, an outpost. Um, and then they'll give you karma for your items. They'll price it based off of what um, works for them. And then you can spend your karma at that same location or um, anywhere online um, or at any other outpost. Yeah. Very simple. <laughs> Very simple and easy to do. So you can't go in and be like, I have this shirt. It's worth 50 karma. They'll, you'll take it and then they'll be like, well, 25, you know, you, is it like a bartering system or are they just like, this is what we can do with the amount of items we have and the amount of karma that we are kind of able to give out? Yeah, as a platform, we support businesses with tools for them to make those decisions on their own. Okay. We'll give them a finite supply of karma. They can um, 
they can negotiate with traders like we have tools we're building tools that enable that to happen um and that is up to the outpost essentially yeah fascinating i mean i think you know people getting to understand that part of is really critical and something that i wanted to make sure we got across because i think you know this is something that anybody can really do either at the buying or the selling part which is really cool um i keep saying that's really cool but really this is fascinating to me um so I, I did want to ask also just to kind of round things out here for you, you know, having started this with this idea in high school with a friend at a coffee shop, and now you have this pretty large website with, you know, a lot of clothes. I think you have 30,000 items on it to be correct. Yeah. Um, what's been the most fulfilling part of that? Cause obviously it's been a huge journey for you, but like, what has been the best part um, of this whole experience for you? Um, seeing people be able to, live with flexible closets that they don't have to feel attached to their items and that they can experience anything they want without really worrying about money that's yeah. kind of i think that's great because yeah you can kind of just go and do whatever you want with it really and if you don't like it just send it back you know without having to worry about that making the money that's great um so you've done this you, you kind of have this fulfilling experience. What's the next thing for, for you and what's the next thing for Karma as a platform? Yeah, so we moved into fully tech mode. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I'm also in Miami right now to work with this accelerator. Um, sure. A bunch of really cool uh, tech founders uh, to build this platform for other businesses to join onto our system so that anyone anywhere can um, solve clothes. Um, what's next is that we want other retail stores, businesses, um, thrift stores, and vintage stores to adopt this platform yeah. um, in a way that works for them. And yeah. That's great. You you know, you started here in, in Urbana, Champaign, Illinois, the University of Illinois, becoming this. I like the idea of University of Illinois becoming like a circular economy startup hotbed, which I think would be really cool considering, you know, I go here as well, the University of Illinois. Um, and I think that this is a, you know, a really interesting platform that I'm excited to follow along um, as it grows, because uh, I think, you know, you are really the first big platform that I've seen start to tackle the circular economy in a sense, like at the user level, um, rather than just like at the industry level. So, okay. Thank you, Mona, for joining me on this episode of the Bright Green Light podcast. I think it's been fantastic having you, um, and I'm excited for myself and the listeners to get more involved with Karma and, you know, can start contributing some of our own pieces to this uh, wonderful platform you've made. Thank you, Tyler. I'm always excited to share and hope to see all the listeners tune in to Karma Trade. Yeah. All right. For those of you listening, uh, stay tuned for more episodes coming soon in your feed and make sure to check out the companion article um, to this episode of the podcast where I dive a bit deeper into what the circular economy is and how it's changing over time. Thank you. And we'll see you next episode.